Right. Here we go. All right, so it still has... Wait, it's a starter... So all that was... That was a fucking... such a great setup, man. Now you're going to start this off on a shitty note. Wait, the yeah, fuck Yeah, whatever, that? dude. Bye, that. Everybody, welcome to Sound and Logic episode... Well, I mean... Let's just say it's episode two. We're not gonna. We still have all episode or season two, episode two. James Clark Lingo. That's all you can talk. Yes. <laughs> I am Ryan Schofield, and that is my co-host here, Mr. James Clark Lingo. Uh, we are recording. You know, this is Sound Logic. Yeah, James. I was just thinking about something. It's very, very fitting, and I've been a real, real believer right now of how everything in the universe is aligning. I believe it's my favor. Maybe I've gone crazy for the positive, but I really feel like in a very, very good place. But do you recall about two years ago in July? Because you and I were boys. We again, I'm not making this talk about work, but you know, we work at a job together, and me and James are in sales. We're not going to say what we do sales for, but you and I, that month were like that was our first big. It's like success, and we did it together. Uh, that and, was and, 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 the biggest month. And we still had we had different methods of arriving at it, mm-hmm. different attitudes towards arriving at it, mm-hmm. and different visions for the future to a set. Because at that point, I remember you thought that was me every month from that time on. I'm going, I'm just going to enjoy this while it lasts. Uh, that was my thoughts on this. I find it weird about how you and I have our personal relationship. Was we never had? I don't, there was never a bad relationship with us. I mean, it was just kind of we just you know life gets in the way. Is the point I've, I've said about things, and it's kind of weird that the metamorphosis of this is kind of I don't know, that's probably some bad use of a really big word, but how we've gotten to this point where right now it's like, okay, wow, like I'm feeling as good as I was feeling two years ago when everything was going well, and now here I am with you doing this project with you, which is really making us me feel better, making you feel better, correct? Uh, yeah, I, I, it satisfies things that I need satisfied to be doing this. It's the idea that a couple of people, I mean, I do know we do have listeners that have reached out to us, and they, I appreciate you. There's, you know, again, Skull525 on Twitter. Um, I'm actually back, this is another thing, I'm back on the book, James. It's a dangerous world out there, but it's kind of the, uh, I'm really, really tracing a lot of things towards the where I'm inadvertently doing my own version of an AA program to myself, as I realized, with between going to therapy. And as you and I talked on the way over here, you were talking about how like you're feeling better, like you were in a valley and now you're you're peaking a little bit. And I'm kind of just I would just, say that I've come. I'm starting to trend upwards. I still have to take the steps to continue the path upwards, but at least I've identified what those steps are. Well. You do everything at a slower pace than I do, so I don't want to say that you know, like your yours has been a much longer journey. Granted, it's a much different um, where you've started. Because I, I want to say it's always the same journey, but you're always gonna when you're on the right journey, you never fall off. You just fall down, and so you're you're constantly picking yourself back up. But every time you pick yourself up, you're a little bit better than you were last time, right? And so the act of picking yourself up is the act of making yourself better, and you're always going to fall down. The tragedies of life never stop, but the point is you have to bounce back, and it's it's the bouncing back that makes us better. So, as I would kind of say, and this is just my perception of you, or what I believe, is that if we were not doing a project like this, that you would be somebody who would just be continuously absorbing more knowledge. But I almost feel like if you absorb so much knowledge in the way that you have, and you don't express it out in a platform that is productive, or, you know, just, you know, the fact that 
if a tree falls down in the woods and there's no one there here, it doesn't make a sound. No. If you're the smartest person in the world and you don't have anybody to tell it to, then what the fuck does it matter? Well, that's think, actually the reason I started the blog, to, to share it for anybody that cares and to um, write down my thoughts in a form where I can review them and edit them to make them cohesive so that I can understand them better myself. Um, but you're absolutely right. You need to have an outlet as well as an inlet. Right, so you have to have something that fuels that motivation, that makes you feel better and accomplished, and you do have to have an outlet for it so that you can express that appreciation and and have uh, fruit to show for it. Right, like this podcast and like my blog. Like if you just sat and they say that I'm just going to make a sports thing, but if you just sat there and routinely fucking hit, you know, you had like a big plot of land with no one around and hit the ball 300 yards dead straight every time. Well, that's just kind of like I almost feel sad about that. So I'd be like, I want people to see how good I am doing this. Like. I don't want to... Maybe it's the fact that I think that people sometimes won't expect as much of me is why I like to demonstrate, which is why I like actually doing this because this is not... I mean, I still find ways to slide in my... As I put in that post, when I put back on Facebook, I said that... And I'm only back on Facebook to promote this brand, but I kind of said I'm still going to always sound like a degenerate buffoon or buffoonish and degenerates. Like, it's just always going to be what it is, but the fact that for the most part of these conversations, I'm kind of stepping out of my comfort zone a little bit, is that I'm opening up and I'm trying to talk about more deeper things where I would say that a lot of people that, you know, maybe just know of me or know a little bit of me, they might think this is a different side of me where I've been having a lot of just really, really deep talks with people lately. And it's really the idea of like just listening to people. It, 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 it helps me. It's just weird that I don't like to, but like when somebody, I give them the, I do a lot of talking to give them the opportunity. And even just in our recent conversation before we did this, I, I, I'm getting better. But again, you don't get fucking better. Like you don't get better overnight. That's the whole thing of the, the progress of you know. Like it's kind of like if you're 300 pounds and you're trying to have a six pack, you know. It's not going to happen where you're fucking have that six pack. Am I getting better at listening? Yes, but you know why I'm doing this? I'm doing it for better reasons. Before I was doing it for the idea of maybe making a sale or maybe you know closing out a female or something like that. But now it's kind of no. I actually want to help people because I asked for help, and guess what? It's the greatest thing ever when you get it. Like you know, it's kind of. It makes you know that if you if you ask for help and you don't get it, that's a, that's maybe a different ballgame altogether. Well, I think part of the reason that you're getting it is because you're doing um, as you understand it your best to give it as well, and and you're trying to give help in the ways that you see best in the circumstances you come across. And it's always true that you get what you give. If you want to be helped, you need to be helping. If you want to be forgiven, you need to forgive. Right. Um, and that means a lot of things, and people have to think that through. But you're embodying that without, you know, necessarily articulating it, and so you're getting the help that you need, and it's having a productive outlet for you, and it's causing beneficial results, right? When we do the things that we need done for us, um, for others, they start to happen for us, and life gets better. Yes, and then it's kind of like it's again my idea of you know fixing the problems in the world as I said is about the idea of just one person at a time because it's so tough to change an entire crowd and now it's uh, if you do it one person at a time once that person feels how good it is to help somebody else out you again it's, you, you reverse it you, you, you put that person in a position to want to make people ask for help almost to an extent or you let them know hey if you ever need help like 
once you have the experience of something like that, at least that's just my understanding, that's been my personal thing, but again, things are just lining up in that where I don't know, man. I kind of feel like, um, so I guess you, you tell stories and examples, right? So here's the one I'll give. <clears throat> um, I'll go to Dunkin' Donuts, right? And shitty coffee. <laughs> call it what you want. Um, and I'll pay for somebody's, or, or Tim Hortons if you want, I'll pay for the meal behind me. Um, and then the person in that car pays for the meal for the person behind them, right? Like they're grateful that somebody did that for them. And, you know, I was going to spend some money anyway, so let me do a nice thing for somebody else. And somebody did something nice for me. And, and right, so you do that one thing for an individual, and that individual does something nice for someone else. And that chain may stop somewhere, but you don't know where that is, and you don't know how far it goes. Because what if somebody's feeling nice and does something for two individuals, and it creates branches? And, and you know, you're feeling good throughout your day, so you, you interact with four or five people, right? And so we don't know how far that goes. And so we actually don't know how big of an impact these little moments of greatness that we have can have. So I guess where I would go, and this is where again this becomes a great outlet where okay, you know, people listen. We don't have a ton. People express interest and wanting to listen, but I do understand that time gets in the way. And if you are already set in your routine, or maybe I have to do something really controversial sometime to get us internet famous, like something really. It, it's probably going to happen on organically, but that's how it should happen. <laughs> but it's, let's not plan that. I mean, I can, we might go to jail if we try to plan it. I mean, well, I could tell you some of the jokes I've. <laughs> There's been some uh, wrestling flattering jokes that have come out of my mouth lately where one of my buddies goes, if you have an Alexa, I'd probably delete it. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, dude, it's just I have to, when, like, in the, and you mentioned this before, is that when I find myself in a tense moment, I always resort to my humor. Yeah, yeah. You divert and, and try to pivot away from the situation, which is one way to handle it because it does get the emotions into a better place. Um, and that is a benefit and something to be, Considered that you should still do, um, but I, I think it's important to try and do that while confronting uh, the actual situation and trying to bring it into a positive light. Because my my goal with everything is to try and see it as a good, right? Because just believe that everything leads to a good outcome, and that's why it's happening. So, like, if I get frustrated because, let's say, I've got a bunch of coworkers that aren't answering the phone and everybody's busy, okay. um, my response that I try to tell myself, because I get frustrated, I have that automatic response, too, but I try to shift my thought pattern so that I get more productive results, I might try to tell myself something along the lines of, well, shit, if somebody's calling because they're trying to find out if there's any deals reporting in from T-Mobile, I'm going to be the one that they're going to come in and ask for, right? Just to put myself in a better state of mind when I'm going into that situation, which is just a phone call. But um, I, I just try to always see how it could be a positive. Everything can be turned to a positive. And, and that's the goal. I guess because it produces better actions from you when you view it that way. Not necessarily that that's true, because it, those things, those beliefs, those positive views may not be 100% true when looked at from an objective third-party perspective, but believing in them, and this is, this is evidence, we can look at this, produces better results for your life, whether they're objectively true or not. Viewing it from the positive outcome produces better actions for you that lead to a better life. Well, so as I kind of say, though, is that that's where I do the joke thing, because guess what? If somebody tells me a funny joke, I want to listen to them a little bit more. So maybe some of that, that has, you know, just a quick interaction, they might want to listen to that. And also, like, again, not to go too much down the work route, but, like, honestly, I offered a kid a job today because of he got my attention mm -hmm. with 
a very, very well-crafted joke. And it was kind of one that I liked because it wasn't over the top, but I mean, obviously he probably saw me in the way that I would display myself. He probably wouldn't have said it to a seven-year-old woman. It wasn't something that would get him fired at his job, I don't think. But it was... I don't think. <laughs> but it was, it, was, it was one of the guys at the gas station. We'll just leave with that. But also the guy with the keyboards on his forearms? No, 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 no. Did we hire him yet? No, different person. So this person, I saw him sitting there on a Sunday working at the counter at a gas station, which I've done many, many times before, and I just saw that he was off a little bit, and I know that, oh shit, it's fucking July, it's sunny, he's probably on his phone seeing all of his friends and Snapchat, he's a younger looking kid, younger girls are crazy with the shit they put out there, you know, I'm sure he's just going, oh great, like I'm just sitting at a speedway, Fucking, you know, just, you know, probably, I don't know what they make, I'm not trying to meet it, but I, I just, I don't know how it's going, but I know that somebody who's worked at a gas station and that sort of thing, and had many Sundays, were just like, like, oh, wow, everyone's having fun, and I'm just here, and like, let's face it, like, I mean, like, you mostly, you just kind of, you feel shut in yourself, and that's something I dealt with for a very, very, very long time when I was younger, which probably caused me to get into certain habits, you know, of that, okay, well, they're going to work, I'm just going to just get drunk basically is my thing but I told this kid I'm like hey man you ever thought about working with us and he looked at me he's like no I never thought about it until you asked me which is kind of the epitome of what we do in sales and he was like I was like we'll do it man here I'll, I'll, I'll take down this information and whatnot." and my biggest thing about it was that he instantly like I, I chatted a little bit about it with him not like too much didn't go too much detail and then I said hey man like if you really want to know the real deal like I'll, I'll, I'll lay it out to you pretty flat like at this point in time I mean you've probably seen me as my most genuine self lately correct which is sometimes it could genuinely be an asshole sometimes it could genuinely be a prick but it's not forced emotions um, it, it, but then I can genuinely be a nice guy I'd like to say I'm genuinely being a nice guy for the most part but I told him that and he told me he sent him the application today and he said you know just thank you for the opportunity and yeah. somebody saying that like where it's like I like, you know and then I kind of like mentioned a couple of things to him like I'm just imagining that if somebody had said that to me when I was this age because you would have people that would try to offer you things you know, like when you were younger, I felt like there was people that like would ask me, like you know, like what, basically pyramid schemes. Whereas I was getting at, mm-hmm. and they would, you know, you would just kind of sense that bullshit. I was like, you know, I probably came across as a genuinely interested in helping out somebody person, and the best part is, is that it also helps me out. Like it helps me out in many ways in this facet, actually. And again, helping other people will help yourself, and then hopefully they want to help other people because. Part of me being back on Facebook is that, again, I like to believe when I'm in my personal world, or maybe, as they say in the part, you always say you become a product of your environment. In the opening of that movie, he says, I don't want to become a product of my environment. I want my environment to become a product of me. Mm-hmm. And again, with me, always wanting to do all the talking, not the listening, I'm essentially trying to make it really a product of me. And again, I'm still works in progress and other things, but at least the, uh, the mindset of that, of that, if I'm helping people who have made my mindset and conveying that message to them that they should help other people, then, okay, we can win this battle one fucking piece at a time because I just go on there. It's, I, at this point, like I've said about a lot of things, it's just that if I hear about it for organically, the old-fashioned way, then it was probably, then, then I'll actually pay attention to it. But like, I've been on the book a little bit. 
I don't comment on other people's shit unless it's fucking friends that's just a fucking innocent joke. But I see, I, I just really, my ability to scroll through is beginning very, very good. But most of my hearers get pro because, again, we have something I don't want people to hear. And as I always use my first word problem, like, okay, maybe I don't have friends, I have fucking social media friends, but it's more reach out there. And with every share we get, and with every person we get, we can do a little more. And again, it's a very interesting tone I'm having tonight, Mr. Lane. I think you really fucking took the, took the piss and vinegar out of me this way. Sorry yeah, about that. You fucking, you finally smacked the fucking the loud dog in his face a little bit. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> that, would, that, that would have been for good audio. We just couldn't have used it for what we were talking about, but... No, no. But, uh... I think it was important for you. Well, and again, like, if you was... Uh, I didn't do this as much as we did with you, because, again, if it was just, like, a random encounter, and that was happening, like, what the fuck's wrong with this guy, you know? <laughs> like, but, I know. uh... Yeah. Well, see, I think sometimes that's the point. Is I, I think I see things that other people don't want to see, and I, I try to keep quiet about it until I feel like I've earned the right to say something. Yeah, I mean, then that's always the uh, the uncomfortable level. But I mean, sometimes as it usually goes, is that I always find that tough love works better than coddling. Well, and the difference is, and and I don't even look at it as like tough love because I hope that you can recognize that <clears throat> I articulated that tonight. But that's not a new thought, and it's never affected the way that I interact with you, and the way that I interact with you after I said what you just interpreted as tough love is is still the same as well, right? So nothing has changed. I was just making an observation to you of what I see, and you can accept that or, or not accept it and do what you want with it, because I don't care. I just wanted to offer you my observation because I care, and I think my observations are valid because my life experience has shown that to be true in my eyes. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just, I mean, but again, you have to, uh, we talk about in a certain time what we call it the Never Split the Difference, uh, a book by the Chris Foss book, yep. and the okay. whole idea of mirroring, and I've heard people talk about, you know, that that's one of the things that they like about that, the mirroring thing, but sometimes it's, why don't you be the mirror, you know, and set the set the tone, and that's kind of usually what I try to do with that, so we got me making a joke, is that I try to, okay, let's mirror each other, let's both crack jokes. You know, maybe it'll, it'll loosen you up a little bit. You're not trying to mirror, because a mirror is doing what they do. When you do that, you're, you're leading. You're trying to get them to mirror you. Well, again, if, if, if a mirror is supposed to be one thing looking at the other and seeing the same thing, well, can't you make them see you? Yeah, but no, so you're trying to turn them into the mirror, so you're trying to, yeah, yeah, no, that's you're okay. trying to see yourself Wait, in them. That's like is me. what you're saying, because you're cracking the joke, and you want them to crack the joke back at you to get them on the same page as you, so you're both in a good place. That's you trying to turn them into a mirror, versus you being a mirror for them and parroting back what they say. Well, so that's kind of like, uh, I just really realized when I fucked that up as soon as I said it, but I just kind of was like, we just got to go with it, but I feel like that's in town but when he fucks up the whole, yeah, you can get a look at T-Mo's sake, I said, you're having a bull's ass, but wouldn't you rather take a butcher's word for it? And Tommy Boy never gets it right for the entire time, where at one point, they just like, he says it's so fucked up, and like, David Spade just knocks down his head, and he's like, wait, it's got to be your bull. <laughs> it's just like, it's just so, it's so uncomfortable, and then finally, when he, he makes it to that point, and Again, Tommy Boy is a sales movie, but it also is a a show of progress. And then the you know, there is again, there's peaks and valleys. And I'm I'm, I'm having my good and my bad. Um, I'm seeing a lot of stress coming down the pike of the fact that it's a reality. This we're sitting in my apartment right now, and 
I've lived here for four years, and I am going to be leaving here in 17 days. And I hope there's a feeling of gratitude associated with that. It's so what ends up happening is that, like, you always have, like, this is actually been a thing that's going to affect me on a couple levels, and kind of in a weird way, I've been going through a journey through my past, but you know. I worked at that gas station in fucking you know here for ten years. You know, and it was it was a very very interesting thing. I'm actually looking forward to having a reunion with the guys that you know we did because we could have been any more different. We could have been any more different, and I was very very difficult. I would say to deal with in my mid twenties, and I actually on Father's Day texted the guy you know that I know possibly doesn't have the best relationship with his son. I know he loves his son to death, but I also know his son and his son is I've ever been. I remember actually telling his son that I fucking wanted to kick the shit out of him for how little he he appreciates having a dad like his dad, because it bothered me because you know he's such a good guy where he had every which reason he could have fucking ripped he could have signed that termination slip so many fucking times, but he fucking wanted to fucking help me through it. I literally texted him on Father's Day and I said like you know because unfortunately I don't have my own father to text, which is really a lot of the start of all of this. I mean, I could text him, but, you know, I'll get the message not sent. Or, ooh, I want to fucking see, actually, who got my father's phone number. That might be an interesting one. I've seen stuff on Facebook where, like, some guy was getting text messages from some girl who lost her dad, and this guy had lost his daughter. And so, for years, he had been just kept this conversation going. And one day, when she was going through a hard time and texting this number... He responded and said, hey, I'm, I'm sorry if you find this offensive, but I've been reading your messages for years. I lost my daughter. They've been really encouraging to me, and I just want you to know that, you know, I, I feel like your father would be really proud of you, and talked her through this situation, and she was so happy about it. She posted it on Facebook, and it went viral. And oh, I've seen that. That's so awesome. Like, I've seen stuff where people mm-hmm. write random texts. Like, I saw one where somebody got invited to a Thanksgiving or something or whatever, but... Uh, Basically, when I was texting him, like, hey, like, you know, happy Father's Day. And I was like, I always, you're basically my work dad because the job that I had at that time, if he had fired me, like, it would have ruined me. Because when you have nothing and you lose the only thing you have, then, you know, you're, you're completely fucked. And I really think he just didn't want me to do it. But he, we had, it was a, it was a bit of an awkward situation. You know, we're very, very good now. But, like, when, obviously now I understand things a little more because, but I thought sex than that, and you know, say like you know, you, you, I'm, I have to thank you a lot for being the man I am today professionally, which is crazy because I work a pretty good sales job, and where now like you know, like where before I was pumping fucking gas, <laughs> like you know, I was pumping gas and stocking shelves, like that was you know my job. But like, you made the most of it. And that's the thing, kind of too, is that, like I look at where you should take something from every job you have. But when he texted me back, he was like. He's like, Ryan, he's not going to lie, he just kind of choked me up a little bit. And that was the thing, is that this guy was a fucking biker guy, fucking Ryan, Harley Davidson, actually ended up joining a biker club and stuff like that. And the thing is, is that, like, I knew that he was like, you know, like, I'm not saying I wanted to fight the guy, because, I'm, you know, I could see that it might be not the best thing, but he was somebody that I've seen, you know, like, uh, you know, I, I saw there was an emotional side of him and stuff like that, and it was kind of, like, flattering to know that, and, like, now it's, like, really something, like, wow, like, I was never really planning on seeing the Rio based on the interaction. I want to see you again. Me driving past, they're leveling, they're, they're remodeling the whole place, they're leveling it down. Sorry about that, we ran out of song length, so we're trying to pick back up. So, this is from the original first car, or this is from the second one. Okay, so yeah, so you drive past the building and you see that this place that you hated going to and that you couldn't have been happier to leave, you 
see that it's not there anymore and it was kind of one of those weird things I'm like I actually really this actually bothers me like or it doesn't it doesn't bother me but it makes you miss something because okay again one of the biggest changes I make in my life is I'm trying to get a rid of focusing on the bad and trying to focus on the good and I texted one of the other guys I worked with and he was like yeah dude he's like we had so many fucking fun times in that place. It's like, yeah, like, unfortunately, we were somewhere, like, you know, sometimes 70 hours a week. You know, there might only be, like, three good hours out of that you know, that time. But, shit, there was a couple good times and there was three hours there. And there's, there, there's, for me, at least, I'm a storyteller and also a story to remember. And it's kind of, I mean, do you remember things as, do you think I have a vivid detail for memory? Because I, I feel like I do. And, like, I don't know if that's some, like, do you remember things as clearly you think as I do? I do, but I don't think that I put the emphasis on the details uh, in the explanation that you do. Paint a picture, bitch. I, I do, but what I'm trying to paint is an experience, right? And you're <clears throat> you're painting more of like a movie picture, where I'm trying to paint the subjective experience. So I kind of internal experience, I should say. So maybe this, uh, I, I want to ask you your thoughts on this one because this is something that I. It just popped my head. I feel a lot of comfort in my adult skin watching things I watched when I was at the be- best point of my life. Like, like I watched American Psycho last night. Do you know any good movie? Like, you know, good memories. I think that's one of my favorite movies, not because of like you know, like the actual movie itself, but how many so many good memories I have and good times or times that that movie has made me happy. I guess because whether I watched it with a group of guys and you know it was just like okay that was a cool night I can think about the rest of the night <clears throat> like you're looking you're sitting next to a picture right now of my old roommate Dustin Riley Sickles God bless his fucking soul fucking passed away way too young um, me and him lived together I watched that movie so many goddamn times maybe I didn't freaking really care as much the movie but like the fact is that if I can ever find a way to insert an American Psycho reference into a conversation I will fucking do it if somebody does it for me. That's that. The, it could really take me out of a bad freaking a bad day. Like if I was literally having the worst day of my life and somebody just randomly dropped an American Psycho quote and said, "Hey, after returns of videotapes," like something as simple as that. Where it's almost been a weird thing of a goal is that I'm, always, I'm really looking forward to getting active again because I've been a little busy with work and uh, you know personal obligations. I saw a picture of me from when I was younger. Do you see that picture I, I showed you? Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where, again, I'm trying to... I, I was talking last episode about how I was always looking forward... I was always looking at... Like, right now, I'm trying to put myself in those shoes when I was running. Okay, you run nine-minute miles now, not seven-minute miles. And then rather than hate myself and run nine-minute miles, I was like, well, that's pretty awesome. You just run seven-minute miles. And it's pretty awesome. You're still trying to run seven minute miles but a nine's not bad and I have an American Psycho t-shirt that I bought and I was like it's amazing I bought stuff that it wasn't really even so long ago that it doesn't fit me anymore or it doesn't fit as well as it should and it's like but I remember when I bought this this thing fit perfect and that's not just something like a, a narcissist thing but it's like okay like think of how good you felt when you wore this when you first got it you know and it's I don't know the munch come kind of rant a little bit but you got anything off of that Mr. Link? I don't know how you're going to like this, but um, it made me think about what I spent the first few hours of my day doing. I had a few hours between 9 and 12 where I spent most of my time doing some research for fun, because I was curious, for fun, (laughs) on the name of God, okay? And 
that whole topic aside, one specific part of it, um, the burning bush that Moses saw, that we commonly have translated as I am that I am, right? Which indicates it, that's a powerful implication in itself, right? Um, could be translated another way. I will be what I will be. So it occurred to me that, okay, if it can be translated as I am that I am, and as I will be that I will be, that stands to reason that it could be translated I am what I will be, or I will be what I am. My idea is that God is simply the idea that we hold in our head, the ideals, right? In the Bible it actually talks about, because I'm reading the Bible, um, I'm in the Old Testament up to Jeremiah, um, and they talk about other gods and, and getting rid of those other gods and not worshiping other gods. And the god most mentioned other than, you know, Yahweh, which for some reason they changed all those translations to my Lord the God or something along those lines, right, um, is Baal. And the translation for that word is owner. So it's a different process for how you interact with life. Life owns you and it tells you what to do and you're forced into subjugation or um, my Lord where you have a vision internally of what you're supposed to do and you go forth courageously doing that regardless of what the circumstances say is probably going to happen knowing that God, quote unquote, is going to have your back and help make it happen. And ironically enough, when you go forth with that courageousness, you know, weird shit happens and serendipities happen and, and life works out, right? But anyway, so I am what I will be and I will be what I am. So that idea, right, you want to be a runner. I'm going to use that example because that's what you use. You want to be the guy that runs seven-minute miles. I will be a runner. I am a runner. I am a runner. I will be a runner is the mindset that you have to have, and you just start running. And you might be running nine-minute miles now, but it's not about how long it takes you to do it. It's the fact that you are a runner, right? And a runner gets better because you do it continuously. It's not about the measurement. It's about the fact that you did it, right? And because you did it, you'll do it because every time you do something, it becomes easier to do. So the measurement is irrelevant. It's the continuous um, doing of the same thing that makes it important and allows you to achieve those seven minute miles. So you want to get back to that place because you did it for a long time. That's how you got to that point. When you first did it, you were a kid, so it was easier to get started and you might have gone from seven minutes and 45 seconds to seven minutes instead of nine minutes because you've killed your body with fucking alcohol and tobacco and marijuana and cocaine, right? <laughs> but, so now you're up to nine minutes because you've had a lot of fun that set you back. You know, the, I think the word they use there is backslider, um, <laughs> which we're all guilty of that. So it makes it difficult. So now you've got more to overcome come but you just have to do it and then I am what I will be and I will be what I am and that's what it made me think of so here's the thing that I also looked at when I was looking at that picture I was going I probably was doing more of those things then and still waking up the next morning and doing it than I was that, that I you know have done yeah. at times but that's a different story altogether. But. Well, I find it easier to do things like having a drink with you when I'm getting up and exercising when I'm doing those things, but these things make it harder to do those things, and then those things fall off, and then these things have a bigger detrimental impact, and then my life starts to fall apart because my house isn't as tidy because I'm not getting up at 4.30 in the morning and having two hours to just, you know, pick up random shit as I walk around. Well, I'm in a weird thing where this is kind of where I'm, I'm, I'm very aware of this, and it does suck that I... 
have been busy with my work obligations and also some personal ones that I'm really kind of like living in three places right now. Yeah. Like I, so it's kind of I don't have any semblance of it's kind of like I'm waking up to a like different place right now on a lot of occasions, and it's how you you know structure with that. And there's again the breaking of routine because okay there was this little plan but then okay that now it's now it's just broken completely where it's just okay I'm just you know just. I don't want to say I'm free fall or like that, but one thing I had was that last week my persona and my energy was much different than this week because you know what happened is that last week I was incredibly physically active and I was physically exhausted, but physically exhaustion actually makes me feel energized somehow. As weird as that may sound, I agree. My it was like, okay, it's, it's more like, motivating. It's like okay, so if you ask me to do something to my peak performance, there's no chance it's happening. Like, I'll if you ask me to run, my legs are going to lock up while I'm standing there. My legs feel amazing. It's kind of one of those things that I was kind of getting at. And with this little stretch of stuff I've going on, because I, I literally had to tell my therapist that I, I do want to continue seeing you, and I have to start paying for this out of pocket now because I, I got my, my the, free, the freeness is up on it. I, if I do want to do it, and I just, just want you to know, like I literally don't have a day the rest of this month I can see you. Because I have it through the process where I have to work and move and take care of stuff like where I have to, you know, I have a car situation where the stresses are, you know, like it was great letting it go and just not giving a shit for a while. But the fact of the matter is just I was saying how I started dealing with problems that I had or like addressing them that where I was bearing away for 35 years essentially or like, you know, the 35 years of my life. When I came back to actually having, you know, there was a lot of things that were still on the docket for right now where it's like I know how that goes um, it, well, it's a never ending process I mean like you're, you're always gonna everything goes in cycles man as I'm kind of realizing is that as I describe like you know the way of you know between your 30s and your like between somebody's now going through multiple decades of ages is that you have all the phases throughout each individual decade between your teens and your 20s and your 30s and going on you'll have different points of them where I know everything I know nothing I know everything. I feel great. I know nothing. I feel like shit. Like all those things. It's it is a constant wave. Like where I don't know. Like dudes, I mean, if anybody really lives like a flat, emotional, and if everything is just literally a straight line for somebody, I need to talk to them. Like you know, how does that ever go? Because even my therapist, I can tell, is stressed because you know it's, it's like I know that like I'm her Friday appointment. I'm her last appointment on Friday. I know that she's got shit going on after our fight. Like it's, it's, she's got kids, husband, whatever's going on, and it's like I'm. It's kind of weird that actually I'm. I've had issues realizes my head. The very very. Did you ever see the movie Pirate? Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio has the fucking the flip out in the shrink's office, and he says right at the end like you know they have the whole thing where he's like he's like. She answered there. She's like, I can't, I can't sleep. Yes for value. And she's like, Oh, you're better off if you ask for, you know, something else or whatever. And she tells him, she gives him like two pills. He's like, Two pills. He's like, Why don't you give me a bottle of scotch and a gun so I can blow my fucking head off? And then she's like, And she starts flipping off on him, like, Oh, like, you know, flipping out, like, you seek, you know, like addictive behavior. And he's like, Oh, look at, listen to you. And he ends up going, He's like, What if I was serious about that, by the way? And she follows him out and she's like, Hey, like, you know, like, you're. He's like, you know, like, she's like, I apologize for that. And he's like, listen, I'm your, I'm your last patient of the day. I, I understand it. it. That's how it goes. And now I have to deal with this level of stress. And I really can't wait to just be able to go out and 
go play baseball with my friends because that like that release like because also like doing the running thing that's self-fulfilling but then back to the helping out thing when I'm out playing golf and I'm playing with somebody I can give them a golf tip if I'm out playing fucking baseball and like you know we're just out there just like okay you threw the ball and I caught it but guess what you wouldn't throw the ball if I wasn't there but they didn't feel good to throw that ball you wouldn't have caught it if they weren't there I mean, I catch everything. It's fucking amazing, man. Shut the fuck up. It's a two-way street. It's <laughs> anything that's true of them is true of you. So you need to realize it also. But again, my, I, so I guess well, <laughs> It's an interesting point, right? I mean, so I mean, actually, when it comes to David and the Bible, um, A, David and Solomon are both uh, conversing with God, and God proclaims to them that they will be his begotten son and they do great things on the earth in, in God's name just like Jesus did and they were also called, called God's son so um, I think that's important because we can all be God's son um, not just Jesus anyway um, he, when he talks about his relationship with God he doesn't talk about um, the fact that so he asks for certain things and they're given to him Right, and uh, it's it's kind of like the baseball thing, right? If I wasn't there to catch it, you couldn't throw it. He said the reason that it was given to him was because he asked for it. So I think that's kind of, you've used AA as the example, right? AA, the first step is admitting that there is a problem. Well, I right, right, and, well, and right, seeking it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and and among other things. Um, well, Jesus, I'm not doing cocaine, okay? This is no, 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 no. Jesus Christ. Like, I'm smoking cigarettes and drinking beer, okay? Uh, okay, but so but it's like that, right? So you acknowledge that there is a problem, so there's something to fix, and, and it gives you something to think about and work towards, right? So you're asking for the help and the acknowledgement, and that's how you get the answers. It's the asking for it that gives you the answers. If you never ask for the answers, you can't expect for them to come right so you have to ask for the help you have to ask for the better life you have to ask what does that look like how can I do that um, you have to ask for a ball to catch well so here's the thing is that I was where I was going with it is that you can throw a baseball anytime you fucking want to it's just really not fun if someone's not there to catch it is where I was kind of going with it, but you know, obviously we, you know, we. You, it's not that anything you said there wasn't true or, or good or, 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 or pretty words, but pretty words. As 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 we so so you might, you, that might be your nickname, pretty words. Lady, when when I hear you, somebody say pretty words, it makes me think that they don't think that there's applicable action that can be taken from them. And I try to make my words focused around applicable action. So things that I believe are spiritual, I try to say in a very pragmatic way, so that it's kind of removes that barrier to no, 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 I'm not just going to believe in a guy in the sky because I don't think about it like that right? so if I'm saying pretty words I, I want to hear that because that means that you don't think that there's action that can be taken from them so in the weird way is that I, and this is, I was joking around about this well first off with your whole thing with you just said like oh and other things okay guess what yeah marijuana gets smoked okay big fucking deal um, is that you I was going to say the episode of that was going to be just because she was going to make it for a horrible, horrible reference or chance for you to make a joke would be that I like catching the ball rather than pitching it. But then I was going to say because I play catcher and I really hate pitching because you know it's like okay I got to react and set the action sometimes, which I love. Which is where sports gets out of myself is that you would think because I'm an aggressive-minded person in the form of my personal life, but on sports I play defense, I react. 
It's, it's it, it, it was sports players to, are usually more aggressive. Um, well, you can dictate the action at times, but a lot of times you do have to react. To, you react to information to become aggressive. Exactly. If you just blind more, you take advantage of that more raw emotion. Whereas when you're on the offense, you have to be more. You have to try and be more logical. And I think this is why teams like the Patriots are more successful because they anticipate what the emotional reaction to something is going to be, and then use the logical response to that. Really, and that's you know what's funny. That's actually a great way to describe why the Patriots better than the Bills. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Everything they do. Is emotional. Oh, we'll just be great if we get a receiver. Let's get one. Right? Um, and, and let's throw each other if we want to place yeah. the table and hold that So they don't think about how. It, so, but I think Belichick looks at you know, and I'm not a sports guy, and so I have very little. But with your thoughts, you got to have a, some fascination with Belichick, though, right? Oh, I do. I think. I think he's the greatest one to recognize the talent and how to utilize it because I think people, regardless of how they play somewhere else, he's going to find a way to have them work optimally uh, in his system. And he's going to work a system around what their talents are, I should say. Jimmy Lay with the fucking hot sports takes. This just now became a sports radio show. <laughs> no, I mean, that, would be, that would be amazing for some actually true logically. But again, what always happens is in that, pay, in that, in that you know, what really with the Patriots and the Bills thing is that the Patriots are always terrible, and then they're good. So now they have like the humility, the you know, to like okay, we know how bad it is to be bad, and like I've actually heard like a Bills fan tell you he went to New England and he's like, they don't even fuck with us. Like there's this thing where there's like the, there's this perception that there's two teams that hate each other, but one team always wins, and it's like, yeah, the team that loses always hates the team that wins. The team that wins is just like okay, like 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 it's kind of like if I've never beat you in the fights ever, why are you gonna like? think that me punching in the face is going to scare you because it's like well I'm, I'm probably just going to beat you up after <laughs> I'm like you know like that's kind of right it's like I don't want to beat you up you give me no choice but to do it like you know like, I mean well and that is a bad example of football but yeah. I really don't think that the, like when the Patriots line up against the Bills that they look at the okay like they're like the rest of the fans said you're like you know, it's weird. He said maybe it was just one random nice guy in Boston. You know, like the one of the fucking twenty that live in the entire city, <laughs> you know, or something. But or it's not even possible in New England. He uh, he's like he's like you guys you guys care a lot. And I know like with like you know, like the Steelers and the Browns, I've been to football. It's like I don't think Steelers fans really you know dread the Browns. That Steelers players like they're like oh we got the Browns up like you know this is a big game. I think that the Bills look at the game like when the Bills lose a game to the Patriots by three three points or seven points, they look the moral victory is not always there. I mean it's a fun, like what do you believe about moral victories? Actually that's a good question. I think I'm gonna to have to ask you to rephrase that question. What do you mean by a moral victory? So if you play a close game but you lose anyways but you, what? It like, seems so like you're indicating that you had a chance to cheat and win. No, moral victory, like a moral victory meaning that, like, when you, like, we didn't win, but we played a good game type thing where it's like, okay, it's a morale booster. A morale, oh, no, morale I, get, I get really excited about this. Like, if I lost the game, um, I'm, I'm frustrated. But if the other team won the game, I'm happy. Right, because if I played my best and they just outplayed me, I've got no problem with the fact that I lost. But if I know that I lost the game and I could have won if I would have done things that I could have done, right? Like I, I just didn't play to the caliber that I know that I'm capable of or that my team is capable of, and we lost as that as a result. Um, and I think that we could have won if we would have done better. I'd be frustrated. But if I feel like, God damn it, we did fuck. And, and we still lost, I'm not mad. So, this is the whole thing. Because they're just better. 
This is the whole thing of that, like, and this is between gambling and sports, is that, and this has always been something that's been beating my head. I'm curious since you're not, so that plays much of this, but, and this is something that lives around with me, is that you should remember your losses more than you remember your wins. Yes. Well, because obviously you only learn from you know your your, your mistakes, mm-hmm. you know, and that's again my whole thing is that the reason I feel like I am as far as but I am gamblers remember their wins and not their losses. No, 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 James, you've got that all wrong. You that's, think so? Oh, do you think that I don't know more about the gambling community than you do? I think that you might think you do. Um, I, well, I don't know. Okay, so with with the people that go on there, which remember I sent you that clip for that one book, Southbound. Yeah. It's an amazing, amazing book. It really is, and you'll read it, and you'll actually, with the character being named Ryan, Southbound by Jason Beam, guy that I'm with on Twitter with that, it's literally his whole story is that he wrote it as a personal story. He was a horse race tracking announcer, and it was, really was a bad, you know, gambling, because it's, it's totally legal to fucking, or maybe it's not totally legal for him to, but you can always, when you go to the racetrack, there's always, you know, hey, can you go put this button for me? And if I win big, you gotta claim it, you know, we'll not go into that. But, it's he goes through a meltdown and it's honestly kind of crazy that I randomly thought of that movie the other day for some strange reason randomly thought of that movie for some strange reason or that book that book because that one clip I sent you did you ever watch it mm-hmm. and did you not see like a lot of I mean, it was the guy's name my name is Ryan is how he starts it off and he says I'm a, de- I'm a degenerate gambler now my story was a little different which again I made very but I think that's how you introduced yourself to me as you added me to a group called Degeneration K on Facebook but there's some good information on there man it's like no here's the it's the best part of it we said (laughs) those who do you know will end up doing and those who do not will never do anything like you do have those the ups and downs and it's all about I think it's kind of the idea of challenging yourself that okay like this is a thing you can do but I remember with the way I go gambling my first I, I had a bad experience when I was younger where I lost a bunch of money thankfully it was to a good friend and I paid him off I had to mail a fucking check every fucking week because that was the way I worked at my payment plan with my buddy to his fucking house he lived with his mom and his mom had to ask why is Ryan mailing you a fucking because he was also having his mom cash his checks because he's Italian and Italian moms do everything why is Ryan mailing you a check for $100 for fucking 20 straight weeks you can put the fucking you can do the math on that one well, why did you owe somebody two grand? Because I thought the pages were going to be giants. <laughs> but, why, but see, the problem isn't that you lost two grand. The problem is you were willing to bet two grand. Like, that's what you need to realize. It's you were willing to put yourself in that situation. That is such an ignorant move in a situation where you had no influence on the outcome whatsoever. Bullshit. Except watching. <laughs> And rooting and thinking that if I take my hat off, it hasn't been working for him. It might help me get a Oh, I know. That's, no, that's none of my shit. As I say, like, fucking, like, where someone's like, you know, oh, I'll root for them for it. I'm like, well, that doesn't really help them fucking win when you're watching it in a bar with me. Like, yeah. you know, like, I'm like, like, all thing. What I was going to say about that one is that, uh, try to pick it off on there again. We're still, this is a experimental process. We're still getting used to it. Mr. Lang is learning on the fly, and I have patience with him now. I'm not gonna threaten to kill him like I did last week, but maybe that was because of the fucking 1,200 milligrams of caffeine you pumped into me. That cup of coffee actually might be responsible for my weekend, actually, because <laughs> I couldn't get to sleep too easily that night. Do you know what I drank before I met you at Barber's? Well, half of it before Barber's, and then half of it before we walked upstairs? A fucking bottle of fucking, like, no explode? Like, a little can of Death Wish. 
<laughs> so you you and yet you still remain as college dude. But uh, we were ta- I was talking about a gambling thing, and then I was mentioning how it ended up basically when my bookie gave me a lecture. It wasn't really a lecture, but gave me advice as when his business is to take money from me, and he tells me about how he I should not take money from him or not 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 give my money to him. He's like, yeah, he's like, don't ever bet on a fucking. Australian, or don't ever bet on an underdog in his home country, or don't bet bet against an underdog in his home country. Sorry, lost the rails. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, but <clears throat> again, the point is, you 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 said you were trying to go to therapy so that you can find out why you do those types of things, and um, I actually so that video you sent me of the the people uh, outside having the the riot for their cause right and they're actually the exact opposite of what you would expect to be in that riot and they're actually affecting the people that you would expect to see in that riot um, or protest whatever you want to call it um, right so I'll trace it back to that it's kind of like a, a, a tribalism thing where you get caught up in the moment you're no longer Ryan Schofield you're this guy in the bar and you need to be this position and, and you love the fact that the people around town for you yo Ryan had two grand to drop on a bet did he win no he lost but he had two grand and you still felt fucking good about it and that's yeah, the problem I feel good about it and not feel good about it and trust me you still got I it back to some way like there was some part of you I feel like maybe I'm 100% wrong but I still feel like there's some part of you that so, was telling yourself while you're drinking your beer at the bar going well at least they were talking about me no 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 it was it was kind of I mean the it doesn't have as much as that one, but like, you know, like I mean, sometimes, because here's the thing: sometimes people get in on the action with me, so then it becomes the whole. That it doesn't. It's not no, just I'm a, getting business from my bookie, who's my buddy. No, no, it's no, it's not. It's not just that. It's just that when okay, like when I feel strongly about something, generally I'm going to tell other people about it, and then they'll be like, "How strongly do you feel about it?" It's not like it's like everyone just. I just yell, "I got two grand on this bitch." It's no, I've texted a lot of people. It's around. Right, right. And that's but, why it means something to you. It's, it's not because you promoted it, but because it's, it's, it's hurt. But do you know how great it is when you're right? <laughs> that's the whole thing is, like, so this is the thing with the gambler thing. This is why I don't think you really truly understand the, the gambler's persona, so. I don't want to. No. <laughs> like, this is a thing, though, because there are reading actual people that do do it for a living, okay? Is, They're not gamblers. They, but no, but when you go out of your money management is just as much a part of being a successful gambler. Yeah, and that's not what I consider a gambler. When you're talking to me about a gambler, I'm talking about the types of people who end up sitting at okay, slot so, machines pulling levers. Well, that's, I, okay, I think so about maybe, somebody like that who's a professional. They're actually detached from the emotional aspect okay, of that so causes if a gambler I use the term handicapper to you, because handicapping is what the title actually really is. They, okay. You gamble, but you handicap, then gamble. Yeah, I feel like that's different, because that's a logical approach. They bet percentages right, of but, the bank. That's a very... But ultimately, and, and the math backs that approach up. But so the thing is, though, is ultimately sometimes, and especially with the world of gambling, that's why I do sports betting, because Okay, so with regular other games, I'm not, like, as other gambles, I don't go to casinos very much because I am smart enough with the math of them. Okay, do I like going to fucking a blackjack table and sitting down with $200 sometimes? Guess what? 
it's so much fun doing it that like I look at that it's worth the two hundred dollars because it's such a great. That's how you have to. I mean, unless you have the worst shoe ever, which I, I mean I've had at Harris in Vegas before, which we're not going to talk about that because nothing better than the same blackjack dealer fucking taking you and your friends like eight hundred dollars in a matter of fifteen minutes with no personality too, just fucking really hating on you, and then a couple hours later when you're like, okay, like we're kind of like we, we've we've done enough tonight, let's go to this place in Vegas on fucking the strip that is the greatest place on the strip ever. It's it's, it's and lose it, another grand no 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 no. this is what it is it's a place that sells like fucking dollar hot dogs two dollar bug lights and three dollar fireballs and okay. it's actually a place where apparently a lot of the Vegas workers hang out I saw a bartender pull a knife on the person in this place and, and no one really seen face behind <laughs> it no one seen face you can fucking smoke in the place obviously and there's a fucking convenience store on the other side of it which I have a new more worse horrible story happening about the convenience store I went to a place in Florida like that one time I was a there was a bar in the back, a convenience store in the front. I'll tell you about the convenience store starting off the air because it's pretty bad. <laughs> but uh, it's Vegas, okay? Like, you know, not, you know. This was Pompano. <laughs> it, did, it, it didn't stay in Vegas, but, you know, there's just a funny part. But that, that one really can't be told. But so, we're, this place, like, and then also we're standing outside, we're smoking cigarettes. Cause Wait, this you said it didn't stay in Vegas, but that story can't be told. Does it involve a VD? <laughs> no, no, there's no VDs. It's just, it's just, <laughs> I mean, it sounded like something came Okay, back, prior, yeah. prior to another thing, it's me, okay, I'll tell it now. We've already established cocaine use has been a part of my life. I would mention the people I was with. But this place, oh, we're outside, like, smoking, because this place, everyone smokes inside. And what you do is you throw, like, fucking five, ten dollars in a video poker machine, but that's not gambling Vegas. When you do that, you get, you get comp tricks, and you just kind of sit there, and, okay, it's it's like, it's like you play a quick draw. It's a, it's a cheap thrill. I put ten bucks into a jukebox to play music. What's the difference? Exactly. You're yeah. entertaining yourself for a little while. But, uh... Fair enough. We're outside of the same fucking blackjack dealer, fucking, as apparently a liberal driver at night. <laughs> fucking asks us, dude, he's like, he's like, hey, you guys want to go to a club? And he's, you know, they want to take you to a strip club because Vegas is amazing. But it didn't take me very long to figure out how the Vegas economy works. And it's, if you're a hustler, fucking, then by all means. But the story that I was involved in was that, uh, let's just say that it was six o'clock in the morning and I wasn't jet laid. I wasn't, you know, out of my time zone. Let's just say that I was enjoying Vegas. And, we had gotten some oil without before cartridges were really a thing. So my buddy was like, well, he's like, just get some aluminum foil. We'll figure something out. <laughs> and like, so this, this, is, this is a thing. So it's, it doesn't sound like a thing. No. It might have happened, but it doesn't sound like a thing. So I end up having to walk down to this place at... The like, middle of the morning, I go there, and again, everything in Vegas is a scam. So I go there, and I'm looking around the store, and the guy looks at me, and he's like, I'm robbing it or something, because I'm like walking around, I'm trying to find a little bit of foil in this little general store, like little, like not general store, just like a little community store. I'm like, That's, this is the only chance we have in it. Okay, effectively, we fucking planned on us, what is, what effectively considered free basing of THC oil, because we had to fall asleep. We decided, I've seen enough movies where people free base coke, maybe this worked for THC oil. <laughs> oh my lord! Oh, I mean, I guess it's worth a shot. And That's the worst thing I can imagine. I walk up and I have my debit card. I realize I have my cash with me. And I go to the counter and the guy is like, I, throw, I, I had to ask him where's the aluminum foil. I walk up, it comes to four ninety five. And there's like no taxes or anything on anything. And I'm like, it's like minimum charge. The car's like five dollars. <laughs> oh and I was like, um, well, I could use a bag of gum. No, so then he was like, he's like, we got candy bars here. He's like, 
not saying you have to eat it, but <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was like, I'll be right back. I go grab a Vita, uh, they went uh, Vita cocoa, coconut water, so okay, hydrate. And I'm walking back in the casino, and I'm like, well, I don't want to be carrying a fucking a roll of aluminum foil in my pocket. In fucking, it might look like a gun walking into a casino. So I am holding it in my hands, walking out, and let's just say, okay, cocaine was involved, okay? <laughs> so I'm walking through a fucking famous hotel floor, looking like I'm strung out of coke in the fucking, with a roll of aluminum foil, and getting the looks of death. And uh, that's why you should not do bad things to yourself, I guess. That's, uh, you should have made yourself a hat. It would have probably gone over easier. But again, um, that one is just a matter of circumstance. But what the biggest thing is, let's make sure, Ryan, you don't do that again. Because while it's a funny story, we're trying to improve on it. Well, I am shaming myself in the process. But that's the big thing I think about is that let's all point out the warts and all. I mean, we all done some fucked up shit. Let's kind of go on. I guess we're getting into that part of it. But, if you know, I, I, I mean... It sounds like Ryan's on the same page with me where it's time to wrap it up. But before we do that, um, I, I think it's important that, you know, what what he just said is very important. Um, you got to bring stuff out into the open. And he may do it as a joke and call it shaming himself. And, and I do it individually in my own personal life through a journal where I, I t- try to talk about my faults and the, and the problems and, and, you know, recognize what I did and what I think about that as if somebody else had done it, right, and recognize that I'm that person. And um, not necessarily make a decision about what to do, um, but just to recognize what's happening. Um, and that's pretty important. And uh, on that note, I think we're done for tonight. Absolutely. Thank you very much. This was a much different. Again, we don't plan anything out. We don't do any show prep. And maybe I don't like the idea of doing that because... Oh, man. I feel like we're getting comfortable, and I feel like I like this format. I don't know how you feel about it. This could be almost divided into two episodes. With how they transition to each other, this was a... It could, but it's... It, not quite. We should talk about that. But I mean, there's was, there was two different tones of energy. started off where I was very, very calm, but then once we found my happy points, and that's the thing I gotta go, maybe I gotta stop being so excitable because once you mention the Patriots, you of all fucking people mentioned Belichick, I. Well, you know, I love winners. That's what I look at, the thought patterns that create victory. Well, hopefully, we uh, victory prevails here. This is the. Sound and Logic Podcast. This is the second time we said that, so so get used to it. I am Ryan Schofield. You can get to me again on at Sco525 on Twitter and also the same handle on Instagram. And now I'm back on the Facebook. Uh, I won't probably read what you said. I just post stuff and just ignore it afterwards. Now, at least that's the decision I made after today. Um, and Mr. James Clark Lang, yeah. thoughts? I am what I will be. I will be what I am. JamesClarkLang.com. Thanks a lot, and uh, we'll see you next time.